Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Great to, uh, to see you here. good shape you, know, you can learn a lot of stuff today can't you particularly online there's an awful lot of stuff out there that uh, um, you know will be opinions will be uh, you know how to do things and so on and I learned just how much recently following a, uh, a certain domestic washing machine incident in our house you see the washing machine had, detect, uh, had started making this noise at the same time, every, at the same point of every cycle. We couldn't work out what it was until one of the, the ladies in our household realized that it started happening at about the same time as they left, lost one of the metal inserts from an underwire bra. Now, am I allowed to say that in church, Jonathan? Is that okay? Good. <laughs> Now, being the kind of guy that likes to uh, fix him things them, himself, I thought, well, do you know what? I'll go online and see if I can find out how to do this, because I had no clue how to do it. I have to admit, it was with a little bit of trepidation that I typed in um, to, uh, to, to Google, um, uh, remove underwire bra stuck in washing machine. But thankfully, the, uh, the family internet protection kicked in, and uh, uh, everything was good. And, and would you believe it? Up came a YouTube video that showed you step by step how to fix this problem. It was unbelievable. And, uh, you know, a few minutes later, I had it all fixed, totally solved. And now I am the expert on fixing washing machines. But, Jonathan, I don't know if you've noticed, look at the hit count, 60,000. This is a big problem, clearly. <laughs> but, you know, not everything that you see online is particularly helpful or useful. Uh, I, I was recently looking to buy an extension lead um, uh, at an online shop, and uh, I was had a bit of a question about it, just what it was like. And, and so I looked in the, in the questions area beneath, and uh, um, were, uh, I was really struck by some of the questions. So there was one person posed a question, um, you know, what is the dual rating of, of this? Um, one friend, uh, helpful answer came back, what's the dual rating? Why do they bother? <laughs> Somebody else uh, said, um, uh, first rate value, you know, arrived uh, on time. That's not answering the question at all. Why, why do they bother? Then there's uh, another example. Looking to buy some paint. Some uh, individual said, it's absolutely superb. Another person said, it's rubbish. Don't buy it. What are you supposed to do with that kind of information? And by the way, sorry if anybody's watching online who's posted those comments. It's not a personal dig. I'm just using it as a, an example that there's lots of stuff out there but it's not necessarily always trustworthy or good or helpful. Now, we're looking today at uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, and uh, a portion of that is about Scripture and how important and valuable Scripture is. And Paul warns Timothy um, that in the time that they're living in, there will be deceivers and there will be deception 
Watch out for people who tell you wrong things, who, who say things that are, are not true, that would lead you away from uh, the faith. But he also reminds Timothy of the importance of the value of Scripture in the truths that it contains. And we see this kind of throughout the New Testament. If you look uh, in, in Acts, um, when uh, Luke is writing about the Bereans, he says uh, they searched the Scriptures daily to test to see if what Paul was telling them was the truth. You see, the Scriptures for the early church was the yardstick of what truth is. And I wonder what your yardstick for truth is today. I'm not talking about whether an extension lead is good or whether you can trust somebody's uh, um, video online as to how to fix a washing machine. What about the big matters of life? What about the matters of eternity? The matters of eternal life. And I wonder, what was it that convinced Paul to write to Timothy about the importance of the Scriptures? What was it about the Scriptures that convinced the Bereans that they should search daily for truths in that? And I wonder, for us today, do we have the same value on the, uh, the, the, the Scriptures? You see, some people would look at this book and say, well, it's just kind of 66 books, collection of writings, of history, of uh, philosophy, uh, written by a, a number of different authors over thousands of years. You know, what, what's really the, uh, the importance of it? But you see, I think what convinced Paul of the importance of scriptures was given in verses 16 and 17. Let's just think about these words. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Just think about those words for a moment. All Scripture is God-breathed. What do we mean by that? What, what does that conjure up? You know, for me, it says that the Scriptures are a living word. It's the same language that's used um, when God breathed into Adam, breathed life, breathed his spirit into Adam on the sixth day of creation. It's almost like God saying, I'm breathing into Scripture. This is my living word. I'm putting as much life into this as I'm putting into you. This is not just a collection of man's writings. In Hebrews 4, it says, the word of God is living and powerful. And Jesus himself is described as the word. In John uh, chapter 1, it says, the word became flesh. It's almost like the word that was breathed into the scriptures came to life as Jesus, God's own son. So is it little wonder that throughout the, the word, wherever we see Old Testament all the way through to New Testament, through uh, the, the histories, through uh, prophecies, through just little examples and types um, in, in certain events, 
we see Jesus reflected all the way through. This is not just a random collection of people's uh, writings and thoughts. This is the very living word of God where he's revealing his plan to mankind, his eternal plan. So when Paul writes to Timothy and says that these words, these scriptures that you've read since your childhood are sufficient to make you wise for salvation, he's saying that you know, what's in here, the very kind of living essence of God, is what you need for salvation. You know, I think uh, we can be very knowledgeable. We can learn a lot of stuff today, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we are wise. Nor does it necessarily mean that we're wise for salvation. Next thing I want you to think about is that little word, all. All scripture is God-breathed. That's quite a challenge, isn't it? Because, you know, if we're honest, there are bits of the Bible that we read that we go, do you know what, I just don't understand that. (laughs) Why on earth did God see fit, if this is his inspired living word, to put that particular passage in there? Why did he say that? Why did he do that to those people? But we're given a challenge here to recognize that all Scripture is God-inspired. Nothing is in here by accident. And whilst that might make it tough for us, actually, um, you know, I would recommend that you spend time to dig in, to really explore the Word, because it's only through doing that that you start to see God's marvelous plan unfold. It's only once you join the dots together, um, see how it all hangs together, that you begin to see this wonderful picture of God's eternal plan, God's eternal plan of salvation unfold. And you can see it all the way through, you know, right from, as I said, Genesis, through to um, Abraham and Isaac through to what goes on through the prophets, through ultimately to what uh, we hear about what Jesus did for us in coming to earth and dying for us. It's all part of of God's wonderful eternal plan. Now there is a bit of 2 Timothy 3 that we didn't read. And that wasn't uh, an accident, uh, just wasn't the text for today. But I think we've got to bear in mind that there's a context to what Paul was writing to Timothy. And I don't want to go through in, uh, in full detail, um, so maybe you can have this as a bit of homework to pick up afterwards. Um, but I think it is important to look at just some of the context behind this, because it's quite relevant to us today, I think. So if we look, uh, if you've got your Bibles there, at uh, the first um, few verses of 2 Timothy 3, Paul writes, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not lovers of the good, 
treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with them. It goes on to say um, these people are always learning but never able to acknowledge the truth. See, the context is that there were people um, in society, people working their way into the churches that were teaching things that were not right. They were bringing um, all kinds of false messages and they were behaving in ways that were not correct, not according to Scripture. And you see, that's why Paul goes on um, in the passage that uh, Irene read for us to start by saying what Paul's life was like. Because he says, you, however, know all about my teaching. My way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, all the kind of things that are almost the opposite to what Paul was saying the other people were behaving like. Now, in this time of COVID, I've often heard people ask the question, are we living in the end times? Have you heard people ask that? The answer is very simple. Absolutely, yes. (laughs) But what does that really mean? The church has been living in the end times since that first Pentecost. The end times have uh, gone on uh, uh, for nearly 2,000 years now. And will go on until Jesus returns. But it's quite interesting, isn't it, that in all that time, even though we see things that are happening today and say, oh, we're living in the end times, it's nothing new to what Paul was experiencing. Did you listen to that list that I read out? People will be lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love. Always learning, but never able to acknowledge the truth. Does that sound familiar? I think it does. That's the kind of the way we behave today. It's that always learning, but unable to acknowledge the truth. And there's one word in that list of things that I think that stands out that um, kind of underpins everything else. Anybody know what that word might be? That's the root of all those kind of problems. No? Well, it's it's a problem uh, area I'm looking for. Truth is absolutely the important thing. The word I think is pride. Right? Pride come, kind of underpins all those things. Pride that seeks knowledge, but in a self-seeking way. Pride that says, you can't tell me anything. I know how to, to live. And when we look at um, Scripture, and when we read what Paul says, that Scripture is able to make us wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus, that for me is the answer to the problem that we're facing in the world today. Because a lot of our behavior is about thinking we know best. We can do things our way. In fact, I've heard, I'm not sure whether it's a fact or not, you can test it for yourself, but uh, the, the favorite song to have played at people's funerals is I did it my way. Yeah, maybe some of you heard that. And isn't that the approach that we so often take in life? We know best. But what I want you to take away today 
is that in these scriptures, in this, uh, this love letter that God has written to us, is his way. His way that is able to make us wise for salvation. I'm going to leave you with a, a quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. She says, Never mistake knowledge for wisdom. One helps you make a living. The other helps you make a life. Interesting. I would then add further to that, that never mistake knowledge for wisdom, never mistake man's wisdom for God's wisdom. Because whilst man's wisdom might help you make a life, God's wisdom makes you wise for salvation, eternal salvation. Amen.